The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. And Mayweather more. Oh, yeah, and Mayweather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's part of this, too? Okay. <laughs> well, I here hope we so, are. Because that's the only reason I'm here. That's the only reason I'm here. Well, uh, the music is very exciting for a card that has created a, a little bit of controversy, especially in this main event. In the end, it'll go in the books as a split decision win for Ketlin Vieta over Holly Holm and Twitter is fired up. Now, I decided to stop scoring the fight after the fourth round and I just made a bold, not really a bold proclamation, but an accurate proclamation that two things are going to happen. One, we're going to go to a split decision and two, most people are going to be pissed off about it. And I think we we definitely accomplished both of those things because Ketlin Vera won and Twitter is on fire about it because a lot of people scored this fight for Holly Holm. But she didn't win. It's going in the books as a win for Ketlin Vieira, a massive win for her. And let's talk about it. I am Mike Heck. I am joined by the Prince of Positivity, Alexander Kaylee, who got to cover some wild boxing today. How are you, my friend? Listen, I got we got a special poll up for anyone. Anyone who was it might be a bit, I don't know if anyone is up now that was still watching the Mayweather Moore slash, you know, Anderson Silva fought in the card thing. So there was a 90-minute break between the second fight of the undercard that went down in Abu Dhabi today and the Anderson Silva appearance. And during that 90 minutes, they played the same three or four Abu Dhabi tourism slash propaganda ads over and over and over and over and over again. So the poll, if anyone wants to see the poll, it just says, (laughs) summer in Abu Dhabi, (laughs) it's everything you want. And so much more than you'd expect. And right now, it's everything you want is leading at 50%. So people, <laughs> I I heard that phrase. So I know you're saying, like, why didn't he just mute it? It's like, well, because I'm doing other things. And then, like, so I kept the sound on just in case. They're like, oh, Andrew Silva's coming out now. So I had to hear the same ad over and over and over again. And it drove me literally insane. Well, I'm glad you have survived all of that and you are here with us. So we'll talk a little bit about the Anderson Silva boxing match and the Floyd Mayweather boxing match in a little bit, but we need to start at this main event, AK. Caitlin Vieira defeats Holly Holm, and you are our resident robbery reviewer, if you will. Is this a fight you are going to go back and watch to do a robbery review on? Did you watch it with everything you had going on today? And if so, is this one you're going to go back and watch again to do a robbery review? 
Yeah, yeah, I will. No, I will. I will because, uh, again, you know, rivalry criteria can, there's a bunch of reasons to want to do it. Sometimes it's just the way because I feel. But also, when there's this much public uproar, then you have to do one because it, Robbery Review is sort of meant to reflect the uh, reaction of the general populace, which is why when, if anyone reads those articles, I put in a lot of like uh, people's reactions and because I want people to have context for like, oh, why are we doing this? Because sometimes there's people like, oh, this fight's so obvious. Why are you, it's not a robbery. Why are you doing it? And it's like, well, because I mean, I might not think it's a robbery, but I don't think a lot of fights are robbery. So I have to see what a lot of people are saying. The media very much disagreed. Uh, Casey showed the... Um, and made decisions graphic on the post-fight uh, press conference show, and it was like 18 out of 20 or something like that. There you go. Thanks, Casey. Uh, put it up for Holly Holm. That's like 80-85% of the media who scored the uh, fight for Holly Holm. So clearly, whether I agree or not, there is a discussion that it's a robbery. I was checking the replies. I was checking uh, – I, I threw up a, a poll. Uh, I'll read the results right now. On, uh, on MMA fighting uh, on our Twitter, 81% say Holly Holm won the fight. So again, I don't know if I agree that it's a robbery. I even scored it for home, but a lot of people are saying it's a, uh, it's a robbery. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take a look at it. It has to, it has to be reviewed. And it's one that really does need to be watched closely because it's like, you know, uh, was Holly Holm just clinching or was she doing damage in the clinch? Um, when they were exchanging, was it, were they exchanging evenly or was Vieta landing the harder shots? So I think at a first glance, depending on which fighter style you preferred more, I think it's really easy to say, oh, Vieira won, it wasn't close, or Holly Holm won, it wasn't close. But I think if you watch it again, you you can really understand why either score is like totally fair. So I lean towards Holm. I'll do a robbery review. I think you guys can tell I'm sort of leaning towards, I don't think it was a robbery, but we'll uh, you'll probably find out on Monday. Yes, I mean, numbers don't always tell the whole story. Holly Holm definitely outlanded Ketlin Vera throughout the 25 minutes. I think it's pretty clear that when Ketlin landed, it meant more because there were points where Holly was kind of on wobbly legs at a couple of times. It wasn't to any point where it's like, oh my God, she's badly hurt. But there were a couple of shots that Ketlin Vera landed that definitely got her attention and definitely had her changing, changing pace a little bit. So overall, AK, are you excited to go back and rewatch this main event to do this robbery review. I actually kind of am because, but again, I'm, I'm, you know, when I'm doing a robbery review, I, I get to kind of look at it in a different way and kind of have fun with it because I, it is, it is fun to scrutinize and sort of pick apart every little thing that happened. I mean, this, remember, this is a luxury that the judges do not have. So I, I am very like, I probably have been pretty um, lenient with criticizing judges over the last like year or so or, or 18 months or whenever I started doing robbery review, even before that. Because, again, we bring it up a bunch of times. Yes, the judges have a monitor they can see, but they're also pretty much trying to watch the fight from their angle. Depending which angle of the cage they're at, they're going to see things differently. They're going to see things land with different impact. So, And, again, they don't have the benefit of replay, and they don't always have the best angle. So when I do rivalry review, it, it, is, ne- it is rarely <laughs> – except in the case of like uh, Diego Sanchez, Ross Pearson. It's rarely meant to be an indictment of the judges because they don't have that luxury. Because I, I, I'll be watching. I'll be pausing. I'll be replaying sequences. Um so, yeah, I'll be watching the fight very, very differently. And in that sense, I do kind of enjoy it. I do enjoy picking it apart. But, like, is this a fight I'd watch again, just, like, put it on because there's something to do? Probably not. But, like, it wasn't the worst fight ever. And, and I do think there's um, there's value to analyzing it and trying to figure out why it was scored the way it was. I know we're going to make our official picks for matchmaking on, on to the next one tomorrow morning when we record this program. But Caitlin Vieira came out and said, I want – a title shot. I want the winner of Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. And if Juliana Pena wins, maybe there's a case to be had. But even though Ketlin Vieira won, and I know we, we don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, June 11th, Valentina Shevchenko is getting ready to defend her title against Tyler Santos. And I think most of us feel very confident that Valentina Shevchenko, however she does it, is going to win this fight and retain the title. So even though Caitlin Vieira won, is Valentina Shevchenko the biggest winner here? If she goes out there and beats Talos Santos, does she have a very strong case right now without Holly Holm in the picture that she might go after a second title at the end of the year? I mean, Valentina, I think, has been wanting to do that for a while. She's also been enjoying just defending the, the flyweight title, but she's always wanted that third um, Amanda Nunes fight. She feels she won the second one. A lot of people feel she won the second one, uh, which I, I always think is a super, again, that's a coin toss fight for me, super close. But somehow, it, the further we get away from that fight, the more people think it was like, oh, Shevchenko clearly won. That's a whole other discussion. Um, 
So she's always wanted that fight. Dana White's been kind of wishy-washy on it. You know, it's come up a bunch of times after Valentina fights, after Amanda Nunes fights, and he's never quite committed to it, maybe because he remembers how bad the second fight was. Um, also because, you know, I guess he thought, well, mo- both women still have a reasonable line of challengers. I don't know if that was the case with Amanda Nunes after a while. Uh, yeah, Shchenko, look, again, she, she, she should have first priority when it comes to getting a bantamweight title shot if she wants it, but... Now that we have a date for uh, the Juliana Pena Amanda Nunes rematch, UFC 277, July 30th, if uh, if Pena loses, I think they'd go with the rematch, right? I think they'd do the trilogy, uh, Pena and Nunes, right? Yeah. So then I don't know. Shevchenko loves to stay busy. I don't think she's going to want to wait around. She probably defends her title again. And yet, I also don't think that uh, Bayada did enough to necessarily guarantee herself a title shot. Not to say she can't get it. There's very, it's very possible nothing happens in 135 over the next four or five months. And again, Shevchenko decides to defend the flyweight title instead. And, uh, you know, maybe Pena is still the champion and, and she needs a challenger. They would throw Vieta in there. They would throw Vieta in there. Again, it would be a tough sell, but it, she, she has put herself – she did enough to put herself on the short list. Uh, not a surefire number one contender. But she's a, she's right right near the front, and I would just tell people don't be surprised if, if she somehow gets if her next fight is for the UFC title. Back to Holly Holm. One of the big questions heading into this fight was the layoff, the age, forty years old now, hasn't fought since October of two thousand twenty. How will she look? Will she look forty while she's fighting in there? And there were some occasions throughout the broadcast where they felt like Holly was a little bit slower than she normally is. And we always talk about father time and how it's undefeated. Did you feel like Holly Holm didn't really look like herself? Do you, do you feel like she looks slow in there tonight? Cause the, the broadcasters, especially DC Felder and Dean Thomas, especially felt that Holm looked pretty slow tonight. Did you agree with that? Yeah, listen, it's it's the defense that goes. Uh, just like in, you know, I watch a lot of basketball. Just like, let's look at, look at here's an example. I'm not comparing Holly Holm to this guy, but let's look at LeBron James. LeBron James this year was phenomenal offensively. Defensively, maybe one of the five, ten worst players in the league. And again, I you probably have to watch the games to know what I'm talking about, but like he literally has kind of just stopped playing defense. Because that's gonna, cause that's what's going to go. You you know, you have to, defense requires like quick reflexes and, and things like that. That's the first thing, uh, you know, fast twitch muscles. That's what goes when you start getting older. So Holly Holm, a lot of times tonight looked like the old Holly Holm. I think offensively she had moments again. Her clinch work always great. Her her athleticism, her strength, her ability to just kind of you know get a hold of uh, Vera and just kind of push her to the fence and and hold her there and and uh, go to work against the fence. That was still there. That was still there. But uh, but she wasn't quite able to like get out of the way of things like she used to, or at least like you know um, slip punches like she used to. Uh, she got hit clean a lot more so than in any fight she's had since again uh, well some of the fights she lost and then uh, the last time she fought Valentina who Valentina like really picked her apart and I wouldn't put Vieta's striking on the level of uh, Valentina Shevchenko so uh, Valentina is much uh, excuse me Kellen's very much improved but for her to be landing clean shots like that and occasionally lighting Holly Holm up like that tells me that Vieta's improved and also Holly Holm just just declining a little bit um, and look 80% of Holly Holm is still a great fighter but I just – it is hard. It is hard to be – look, she turned 40 years old, a lot of combat sports mileage in boxing and MMA, and a long layoff. So I thought she looked pretty good tonight, but I don't I don't blame the commentators at all for pointing out that, yeah, she might have lost a step, especially when it comes to avoiding damage because she got hit a lot tonight by, by Ketlin Bayana. She was pretty deflated after the defeat. Future uncertain. One step forward, another step back is what she said. She's very adamant she won that fight. Not thrilled with the the two judges who didn't score it for her. And I thought Caitlin Vieira's comments were pretty interesting as well. She thought Holly Holm tapped in, during that rear naked choke. That was super close. And if we're going to give Holly Holm any credit at all in this fight, I think probably the turning moment in the fight or one of the most – probably the most significant moment of the fight was that choke and Holly Holm getting out of there because I didn't think there was any chance she was getting out of there. It looked like this fight was was a wrap for Ketlin Vieira, but somehow Holly Holm wills her way through. I didn't see any tap there. Maybe Ketlin <laughs> – I didn't really see anything. Maybe Ketlin felt something in the moment, the, the heat of battle, if you will, but I didn't see a tap. You didn't, right? 
No, I didn't think so. Uh, again, I think that is just a credit to Holly Holmes' toughness. Like how she's really difficult to put away. We, we were saying on the on the uh, preview show that she's only lost to Misha Tate, Jermaine Durandami, uh, Chris Cyborg, Amanda Nunes, like Valentina Shchenko, the best of the best of the best of the best. So she's really tough to put away. Like uh, Vieta choking her out uh, would have been shocking. I mean, I know Caitlin Vieta is a really good grappler. It would have been shocking for her to just put um, – because even Misha Tate, she won by submission. That was in the in the fifth round, right? So uh, no, it didn't surprise me. I didn't think there was a phantom tap. Initially, I thought she uh, grabbed the fence, but she just she very lightly kind of just like had her hand against it. They they showed the replay, and yeah, it was it was kind of a chaotic sequence. I can see why people might have thought Phantom Tap. I can see why people like me might have thought, oh, she grabbed the fence or something to you know get out of there. But no, it was just it was just kind of some flailing, and then her kind of calming herself and being very finding a way to kind of get her shoulder in there and just turn her way into the choke and then. And then get out of there. But uh, yeah, Viata had that grip on tight. That was, uh, I mean, that was the most exciting moment of the fight, right? We will discuss what's next for Caitlin Vieira and what is next for Holly Holm tomorrow. On on to the next one, what we think will happen for both women. Co-mate of NAK, Michelle Pajeda gets it done. He beats Santiago Ponzadibio. I didn't think there was any robbery here at all. I know Santiago Ponzadibio was very upset about this. This is not a robbery. I've scored it from Michelle Pajeda. I thought he won. Rounds one and two, I thought the Ponzinibbio was clearly taking the momentum over in that second round, but I thought Pajeda had done enough to win that round, and I thought Ponzinibbio won the third. 29-28 Pajeda is how I scored it. There was a 30-27 Pajeda, I believe, within that scoring. I don't even, I don't have a, a huge problem with that either. If you scored it anywhere from – and I think Sean Sheehan, who's kind of the, the media mogul for how judging works, this guy knows the criteria better than most – he said anything from a 30-27 Pajeda to a 29-28 Ponzinibbio, all of those things are acceptable acceptable scorecards. So your thoughts on Pajeda's performance and did the judges get those one right in your opinion? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I was uh, leaning towards Pajeda. You know, I'm, well, no, I, I'm sorry to say I picked Ponzinibbio to win probably because I'm such a Pajeda fan and I'm like – and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I, I haven't con- like been able to uh, – let myself believe that he's actually a contender at 170 pounds. But I mean, he certainly is after tonight. Uh, again, beating a guy who's been who's in the UFC rankings, not in our rankings, but is you know in uh, somewhere in the top 20 if we extended our rankings out that far. Um, by far his you know most most veteran and revered UFC opponent yet, and he fought he fought a great fight. Um, Jed and I joke all the time. We hate to see the more technical. Well, I I joke about it. Jed genuinely hates seeing the newer more technical successful uh michelle Pajeda. he'd rather that he'd be like a 500 fighter who's still doing crazy ass flips and stuff which i'm not against either but i like that he's winning fights this is five straight now it would have been six if he hadn't gotten that dq against uh, diego sanchez because he was dominating that fight uh yeah and, and he's legitimate it was a great performance you, you see how technical this guy is how like effective he can be when he mixes that one-of-a-kind movement and that crazy size at 170 with technique, with patience, with, uh, you know, picking a spots, with toughness, resilience. I mean, he's been tested twice. Uh, the Andre Fialio fight, he took some hits. He definitely took some hits in this fight. Uh, so he's shown he's shown a resilience, too, for anyone who thinks he's all style and all flash. Like, no, he can get he can get into these kind of back-and-forth wars and survive. Now, if this had been a five-rounder, would Ponzinibbio maybe have run away with it in fourth and fifth? It's possible. It's possible, but I also think Pajeda would have fought the fight differently, so it's hard to kind of look to look at the fight that way. But yeah, very impressed. Definitely could have gone the other way. This is a two straight splits against uh, Ponzinibbio now. That has to hurt, but neither man's reputation is hurt very much in my eyes, and uh, I think they both have plenty of great fights ahead. And for Pajeda, maybe a big money fight? We'll talk about more on the show tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Very interesting post-fight comments. He's got an issue with Jorge Mazadal because Mazadal sent a prayer emoji to his wife and to him. And right. he wants answers but won't get them anywhere else but in a fight with Jorge Mazadal. And he called out Nate Diaz. Let's be clear. The Nate Diaz fight, never going to happen. I'd be shocked if the Mazadal fight happens. There are some fun ones at 174 Pajeda, which we will certainly talk about tomorrow. By the way, AK... Since this has become once again a huge topic, and I want to shout out Mitchell Pajeda for his discipline because he's telling people he weighed 211 pounds at the start of his training camp. He looks like a freaking light heavyweight in there compared to Santiago Ponzinibbio. It's incredible that he gets to 170. But has 
the main event, the co-main event, and other fights we have seen over these last few weeks, including the Logan Storley MVP fight, has this changed your opinion at all on open scoring? Are you in favor of no. open scoring? Do you want to see it more now? <laughs> uh, our our good pal, the uh, the eminent uh, Ara Hawani, tweeted something like, "I see no argument against open. I, like I, I can't see any argument against open scoring now after the main event." And like tonight was like, I think the main event again was like one of the worst examples of a fight. Like what what would have changed tonight's main event with open scoring or the co-main event? Like I don't understand what like I, I'm not. And people need to know I'm not completely against open scoring. Like if it would happened, I'd be the last person that would like fight. I'd be like, oh, like, okay, cool. They should try it. And you know, just just so people can see why it's not like this cure all. What would have changed in the main event? Like that's my. I don't understand. Would Holly Holm, if she knew she was down, become uh, Pride era uh, Vanderlei Silva? I started going out and throwing bolos like she, Holly Holm fights how she fights and, and and she probably thought she won that last round anyway so it's not like she changed anything oh I'm sorry she did win the last round on all two judges scorecards so yep. I I just don't understand what what is the and I, I get it she could have changed things in the fourth round too because I think the fourth round she lost right it was uh it's almost like the alternated round um oh sorry first round to home second round Bayetta third round was split and then fourth round Bayetta fifth round home is that right I think the third round was the the swing round. The yeah, that yeah, was the, the yeah. Viada yeah, took it on two. There of it is. Yeah, yeah so, one and five for home were consistent, and then three sure. was two and four were consistent, and then three mm-hmm. was the swing round. I don't I don't understand. Like that shows you how little like like distinction there was. Like how, how what would have changed for Holly? She's not going to come out swinging and looking for a finish or doing anything crazy. In the round. That's just not how she fights. Some fighters might be able to do this. Like that's that's the case for open scoring. Some fighters might. There's a lot of fighters who they're not going to change what they're doing, uh, the way they fight their fight. Especially if they especially if they thought that they won the other rounds. I mean, yes, it'd be nice to know that they didn't. But again, I'm not I'm not again. And, and it would, I don't know what it would have changed the Pajeda Ponzinibbio fight. Those guys were were killing each other in the third round. So what really what difference would it make? So um, there's there's examples to be made for it. I don't. I just think tonight was like nothing. I didn't see anything tonight that made me go like, oh yeah, open scoring is going to fix. The, what these results like what no the, the people fought their fights <laughs> nothing changed they didn't change anything what's weird about the whole open scoring talk was like earlier on when it was first brought up and Invicta started doing it I was like all right this is uh this is interesting maybe we could try it and now the more that it's 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 become a hill people have died are, are dying on right now like this is it like if there's one thing we could change it's open scoring but judging is not going to change anything like we're just going to know how bad the judging is yes. after every five minutes sure. so instead of complaining at the end of the fight about judging we're going to be complaining all fight long about the judging and i'm not ready to live in a world like that ak i'm just Listen, not and here's the thing here's the truth most fighters and fans don't know how the scoring works this is a fact. So I see all these fans. I'm sorry. I, and I got to stop reading the YouTube comments. I see all these fans going like, oh, well, this is how it should go. It's like, I guarantee you have no idea what the F you're talking about. And you don't know what the criteria is. <laughs> so, no, I'm serious. And people are like, oh, the judges don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah, look, listen, there's a lot. There's some bad judging that happens. But, like, I, I guarantee these judges are mo- – like, the vast majority of the judges, are not all of them, are way more qualified to score these fights than any of these fans are sitting at home. are like, oh, this was a robbery or this fight wasn't close. Oh, home, home won. It, was a, it, was, it wasn't close. I'm like, if you think it wasn't close, you have no quality. You shouldn't be watching MMA, much less judging MMA fights. So I'm sorry. I got a little fired up there. I just I, – wow. I, no, I just wish people would be like – just be a little more critical. Like just look at – like make sure, please make sure you understand the scoring. Ponzinibbio was trying to steal rounds with takedowns. Did you see that? At the end of every round, he's going for takedowns. Yep. That's not a thing. That's not, <laughs> that's not a thing. That's its own fury to me. It's like, it's like clearly uh, someone like Ponzinibbio who's been fighting forever still lives under this myth that, oh, I, I could steal, I could steal this round if I get a takedown. That's not a thing. There's no stealing rounds with takedown. So I don't know. Uh, there needs to be improvement across the board. I understand. Uh, the judges need to improve for sure. But I think fan understanding, fighter understanding for sure – and the media and uh, how we communicate this. Maybe we're not doing a good job of, of getting the message out there and, and getting getting it out there on, on how fights should be scored. Maybe And there's some disagreement on it too. Maybe that's a problem. We disagree on it. But I would just ask, well, just be a little more educated about it because so many fights that you think are robberies or aren't close or whatever, if you just looked at the criteria, you'd be like, oh, okay, I could see how, why it was scored this way and I don't need to be sending mean DMs to whatever judges make the mistake of being on social media. <laughs> You know how you steal rounds in 2022? You do what Euros Medic did in the first round of his <laughs> fight today. Morales was cruising to a 10-9, and then Euros landed a 
round-shifting, momentum-shifting shot with like five seconds left in the round that really had Morales on wobbly legs, and that's how you steal a round because Morales is winning almost all of it. Medich landed that big shot, stole the round in my eyes, and then went on, was probably losing a bit of the second too, and then he just went out there and and just threw absolute bombs at his opponent, at Omar Morales, put him away and gets a huge win. So momentum shifted then. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Did you agree with the bonuses? I mean, Pajeras, Ponce de Bio, no-brainer. That was the fight of the night. But the performance bonuses... Went to Cheedy, which I don't think is too surprising with that freaking elbow. But mm-hmm. young whippersnapper Chase Hooper got himself yes. a bonus for a TKO finish, which not a lot of people had on their bingo card. So did you agree? I think we can agree with the fight of the night. I think we, we can agree with Cheedy. Did you agree with Chase Hooper getting a bonus tonight? Yeah, I actually did. You know, at first I was thinking, oh, well, Chase Hooper is kind of like a, you know, a, a beloved uh, UFC company guy. Uh, he's like a fight pass. He like works for fight pass. They love him. I thought, oh, is this, is this just him, them giving him the bonus because, you know, he is he is sort of a UFC dude. Uh, but then I thought about it. He, he wasn't just being rewarded for the finish. Like that was a really good performance through two rounds and then he capped it off with like a tko so you know like the like the tko is not as exciting as a chidi and jaquani elbow but but you know performance of the night bonus i like that they changed it from you know from just knockout of the night or submission of the night because then performance for me should encapsulate everything that happened in the fight so yes you want to reward cool quick finishes like when uh and jaquani knocked out um power bar last time in 16 seconds that's great but when someone puts together a strong almost three round performance plus a finish that's worth 50 Gs. The other way to go with it would have been um, Jelton Almeida. But I'll go with – and I think I think Casey would agree. Uh, Jelton was a pretty heavy favorite uh, despite certain members of the media thinking that uh, Parker Porter might be able to pull off the upset. <clears throat> this guy. Um, but Almeida was a big favorite and it kind of went exactly as people expected. So I guess you don't necessarily give him the bonus for that. But I mean I think his performance was more dominant than Chase Hooper's and I think we are seeing a guy who – is a legitimate contender. So if you factor that in, he could have earned it. No problem though with uh, with with, uh, with Chase Hooper winning it. Um, I, th- I thought uh, again, taking out account his whole performance and not just the finish, worth fifty grand. 
I picked pocket Porter as well to win a decision, uh, but he needed to get out of the first round. I made that, I made that abundantly clear. So He's close, get Mike. Out of the first round. So close. You, Jed, and I, we all said if we all said that's how it was going to go. We all said like, oh, we know he's going to get top. We knew he's going to get dominated in the first round. We knew it. We knew it. But but if, but he could have the, he had the gas tank right. Like we yeah. thought. What was the time of the stoppage? It was four thirty-five. Oh, he had a long way to go. He had a long. Yeah, way twenty-five to go. seconds. Yeah, he was in trouble. I, I was like, damn it. Yeah. There are certain moments where I thought like he could get in the guard, maybe gets back to his feet. There are certain moments where he kind of looked like he was going to put a submission on and like he was just going to try to use it to get up and it just didn't work. Jelton's just nasty guy's So big, so Ooh. strong, such an athlete. And yeah, he is about to fall into that rare category of where Marab is and where Shafkat Rachmanov is and Armand Sarukian guys like that, where, there aren't going to be a lot of 205ers who are going to be like, yes, let's fight that guy. I'm so excited. He's going to have a hard time moving up the ranks, I think, because he's going to have a hard time getting people to say yes. Which is a great win for him. You might have stayed uh, heavyweight. Mike, Mike, you might have at heavyweight. I don't know if anyone at 205 wants to fight this guy. <laughs> hey, listen. Scary. If, scary, dude, dude. I, I think he would do pretty well at heavyweight, too, if he decided to yeah. – to, to hit the weights even more and bulk up to like 235, 240, he's going to be a problem for a lot of he's, those guys at heavyweight because he's such a he's freaking scary, athlete. Uh, Jun Young Park gets the split decision win over Eric Anders. That was a, a fight, AK, as you like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, that was a fight. Tabitha Ricci defeats Pollyanna Viana. She gets the unanimous decision there. I thought the judges got that one correct. Joseph Holmes did what many expected him to do. Gets a submission win of Alan Amadovsky. You have to say, and you don't, you don't like to say these things, but you have to probably venture guess that the world, the UFC world, that is, is probably no longer open for Mister now zero and three in the UFC. Uh, we mentioned Jelton all made a great gave, finish. Amadovsky, they gave him another chance. He had a, he had a long layoff. I was surprised he actually wasn't released during like you know this long layoff. So if they gave him another chance and didn't work out, yeah, I, I think you're right though. Yep. Uh, we mentioned Euros Medic. Great performance for him. His He's back on track. Jonathan Martinez with a Jonathan Martinez-like performance against Vince Morales. Just beat up that leg. Just didn't really understand Vince's game plan here. He just was not aggressive. He just kind of stayed at distance and just let Jonathan Martinez kick him in the leg over and over again, which was kind of surprising to me. I thought Morales was going to be much more competitive in this fight, but that was not the case. Great win for Chase Hooper. As we talked about, that fight was insane. And how about Sam Hughes, A.K.? Gets on the board, gets a finish. She's got two wins now. She's on a winning streak. She puts Elise Reed away. She wore her out real fast. And you could tell, like, early in that third round, Elise Reed was just like, I don't really want to do this anymore. She's trying to, like, she's leaning up against the cage, throwing karate sidekicks, just being like, all right, this is really all the energy I have left. And then Sam Hughes is like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and take you down and then and then finish you. So good win for her. Pretty fun second, card. Second, I, I can win in 35 days. I know. Look at Sam Hughes Fox, coming around. Fox, the Fox, move Fox to April. The move to Fortis MMA paying off 2-0 and since joining forces with Safe Sayud. So there you go. That's the card. Those are the bonuses. Let's go to the peeps. Hey. Casey's here. Hey, Casey. Hello, Casey. Oh, I, I, I about muted your mic when you you had your open scoring rant because I'm on Team Hilwani 100% on open scoring. I just don't care what, anymore. What, what, what difference oh, would it have made tonight, I, though? But tonight, what, what difference would it have made? The fighters deserve to know the score. That's I know, all. but just tonight. But tonight, why? Actually, why, actually, like, actually I think it's really interesting because Ketlin, Ketlin came into that fifth round thinking she had to get a knockout. And because yes. she thought she had to get a knockout, to me, she actually lost. And she lost that round easily, I thought, the, the fifth round, mm-hmm. because she was going for that knockout. But she was, but she already had the fight won. I just think it's really interesting how, that Ketlin kind of felt, I think, felt, fought differently. I don't think she'll admit it because she, I don't know, she said some, she, she kind of said some weird stuff in the post-fight presser. <laughs> she said, I think she said God wanted her to win or something like that. I don't know. Sure. But um, but for Holly, I think it's unfair for, because... For, Holly's a very strategic fighter, and you fight differently when you're trying to win rounds versus knowing that you have to get the knockout. And I think it's unfair to say Holly. Well, only well if Holly did that in round two, she'll she'll do that in round five. Holly's a much better fighter than that. If she knows she has to get a finish in round five to win, because by going to round five, she was already down three uh, two cards. She was down three one. So 
if Wink, Winko John and her coaches go to her, goes, you have to get a knockout. We're not doing any clenching. We're not doing any of this. No takedowns. You're just throwing bombs and head kicks. Holly Holm can do that. She just doesn't need to because she, they don't know the score. You know, so it's 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 dumb. I guess. It's it's dumb. It's, it's dumb for her to fight that way unless she has to fight that way. And that's she hasn't why. finished any, but she hasn't finished anyone in five years. She has two finishes in the UFC. I don't think she could just turn it on and knock like yes, knock yes, some, you, like, I, I absolutely can. yes, you absolutely can. Holly Holmes, I've trained a Holly Holm. She's mean. I, I know, mean, but, in an, I guess. but in, an act, in an actual fight, like I don't know, yeah. like what, like she has, she hasn't knocked out anyone in five years. You so don't think she, she like, can, you don't think she can, you don't think she can knock people out if she wants. I mean, that's you fight, you fight she, to win. Then she, then she you should fight to win. You fight to, no, then you fight to win. You don't fight to the knockout. You fight to win. Okay, and that's the thing. That's the thing. You fight to win. You don't fight for the knockout. And that's and that's and I, but even regardless of that, I, before we go to the questions. Open scoring does not is not about entertainment. It's not about the fixed judging. Actually, open scoring does nothing but judging. It's all it is is so you know the freaking score. That's all it is. Just like if you're if you're playing baseball, if it's a close, you use like oh I need to know if that was a ball or a strike because that determines how I will swing on my next pitch. That's I don't all. think that's gonna. That's not how baseball works. <laughs> No, MMA, can, MMA cannot be compared to any other sports. No, no, I, 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 I no, never no, want to hear the, only, like, only batting. I'm not talking like the, the scoreboard. I'm talking about batting. Right. Oh, If you need to know, is it a 3-0 count? Is it a 3-1 count? Is it a 0-2 count? You need to know because that changes how you swing. That changes everything. And th- that's the same thing for fighters. They need to know. And they deserve to know that. And I understand it will never happen because... It totally screws up gambling, and that's why it won't happen. Well, I mean, you, the live odds, I guess there'd be some things to that. But but the one concern I have, and if here's the only way I will be like, okay, cool, let's do it this way, is if everybody can know the score except the three judges. You have to work it out that way. You have to work it out that way. None of the judges can know, okay? None of the judges can know. How they are the other, how the, the other, other one scored. scored, right? Right. Because that's gonna mess with the judge's mind. Yep. Because if they know, if there's one judge who scored it for the other fighter and two of them scored it for the other one, all they're not even gonna be paying attention to the fight. They're in their mind, they're gonna be half paying attention to the fight and they're gonna be half thinking about what did I get wrong? How did I screw that? Do I need to make it? Do I need to get a, a baseball terminology? Do I need to do a makeup call? here to to even things out so as long as the judges have no clue how the other two judges scored the fighters can know if they want to put it on the broadcast that's cool but then you kind of take the fans out of it without knowing that are in the building yeah but i just don't want any of the judges to know how the other judges scored it and i think we're okay i think we might be able to make I like it work. that i like that that's definitely a caveat i'd want to see yeah all right but that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that's a whole other show. Um, all right. Maybe we can do a poll about it, AK. <laughs> the poll that I have there will stand. <laughs> I want everyone to feel feel my pain. Oh, yeah, before you... I wouldn't even piece, talk about it. Yeah, let's go. Talk about outside of the, uh, the Abu Dhabi commercials. Okay. Yes, how was the Mayweather fight? How was the Anderson Silva fight? By all accounts, I, I, I didn't watch either of them, but by all accounts, it seemed like Anderson Silva, if these weren't exhibitions, it seemed like Anderson Silva easily won his fight and Floyd Mayweather easily won his fight. Apparently, Floyd Mayweather was having more fun than he's ever had in his life in there. I think I spent more time watching Abu Dhabi commercials than actual in, <laughs> in-ring time. I think if you add up the amount of in-ring time there was compared to the amount of commercials I had to watch. It was like clear, clear win, a 10-8 win for the commercials. Uh, yeah, no, look, Anderson, look, Anderson was way bigger than this guy, uh, Bruno Machado, uh, an actually pretty decent MMA fighter. He's actually doing good stuff in uh, UA War- the UAE Warriors promotion. Um, and he looked he looked a little bit happy to be there, uh, his opponent, Machado, a little bit like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting to fight epic Anderson Silva. Like, he certainly never thought that that was ever going to be in the cards for him in any context. Um, so he looked a little bit happy to be there. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it, it took Anderson maybe round, round and a half to kind of find his rhythm that's that he was picking them apart it was it was not the most exciting fight it certainly wasn't as fun as the uh julio cesar chavez jr fight and not as grim as the tito ortiz bludgeoning 
but you you but you did get to see again as you said more more of Anderson just kind of enjoying himself living his best life and and afterwards he was like uh, he's like you know what he's like you know what's next for me is like I'm gonna hang around um, you know UAE and do a jiu-jitsu tournament now because that's you know I, he's essentially he's retired from MMA right so it's like I've always wanted to do this I, I want to go back to jiu-jitsu and do jiu-jitsu and then he can do boxing again so you know everyone's calling for the Jake Paul fight maybe that sometimes gets you know in the cards somewhere between uh, the end of the year or next year Jake Paul acknowledged both of them uh, Mayweather and Anderson Silva in a tweet saying I could beat both of them in one night very kind of oh, for God's not, sake. not the most original call out but at least whatever it's out there and uh, Mayweather also by the way it was clearly having a lot of fun uh, Mayweather not a person I like I will say I think a trash human being but mm-hmm. if you enjoy watching him fight this was a very enjoyable exhibition um, against a former training partner in Don Moore who was uh, game enough to hang in there with uh, Floyd and let, and pretty much let Floyd do what he wanted to do because Floyd was dancing literally dancing Dancing with the ring card girl, dancing in front of the cameras. He grabbed the ring card at, in round seven and walked around the ring. He he was he could hear the announcers talking, so they the announcers would be saying things about it, and he'd be responding. He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I do that. Good, like that. Good point. Good point you made about me." So it was it was an entertaining exhibition main event. Uh, considering this thing was thrown together in a weird way after it was supposed to happen on a helipad in Dubai last week, big missed opportunity. Um, it actually kind of went off okay. Even one of the undercard fights uh, with uh, Pursun, uh, Pursun, her fight was really, really fun to watch. And Badu Jack smoked some guy in 46 seconds. So not like oh. a terrible – if it wasn't for all the commercials, like not a terrible card to watch. It was only $20, $20 USD, which is like $400 Canadian. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. I'll, <laughs> I'll live. Who needs to who needs to eat? Who needs to eat, right? So uh, expense, expense accounts, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, it was okay. It was fun to watch. And yeah, if you guys want to see Andrew Silva box, uh, yeah, that, that's it's going well. His box appears going just fine. Hashtag visit Abu Dhabi. Please don't. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag summer in Abu Dhabi. So is that what about summer in Abu Dhabi? I will I will never spend summer in Abu Dhabi right now. <gasps> Oh my God! It is so. Oh, okay. Let me talk about how the what. Oh, it is next it's level. Five thousand degrees there. It's like imagine like Death Valley temperature with like Florida swamp humidity. It it is unreal, and this this is this is in the night when it's like no sun. It was, but man, the the water park there is awesome. By the way, so go to the water park if you go. Um, Hashtag oh, yeah. summer in Abu Dhabi. All right, <laughs> send me that check. Prince's Sheik saw them. Yeah, yeah. The biggest winner was the Abu Dhabi tourism. <laughs> yeah. uh, do we do Vieira? I'll ask you, Casey. Vieira versus Aldana two, number one contender fight. Your thoughts on that? That sounds like the fight to make. Um, uh, this is prize fighting. UFC's a business. Vieira isn't. She's just not the, that needle mover. She just doesn't. I just it's just it's just a fact. She's a very good fighter. I thought Holly won tonight, but it was a super close fight. I still think Holly won. But uh, I would love to see a Vera Vieira and Aldana because I mean that's how that's MMA math. You know, Holly defeats Aldana easily. Aldana <laughs> knocks out Vieira, one of the best um lady knockouts we've seen in the UFC in years. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um yeah, rematch that fight. Um I I it's definitely a competitive fight. How Donna can win, Vieira can win that fight, rematch. Um and then and then that gives time for the potential uh Nunez wins and Nunez Pena tri- trilogy. And obviously you have Shevchenko, you know you want to throw Shevchenko in there too. So um yeah, Vieira's just not the name yet. Um for uh, to get a title shot, um, but you know what, Tadas, Tadas, I, I don't even know T- Santos. What's her name? Tadas Santos. Tyler Santos. Tyler Santos. Tyler. She's yeah. not. She's not a name either, but she got a title shot, so it could be all wrong. Yeah, I mean that's probably the only fight you could make right now. Yeah, and Unless, uh, is Adana like, injured right no now? Good. Yeah. She's um, just one of those not long injuries. She's just. Yeah, I'm not sure. Did she, where did she fight? When was her last fight? I know she won. She, oh, she it was that Jojo Calderwood, right? Was it Calderwood? No. no. Who did she beat? It wasn't Jojo Calderwood. Who were we talking about? Irene Aldana. Irene Aldana. Uh, Kunitskaya. Kunitskaya, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, she missed Kunitskaya. Good. Yeah, yeah. She missed weight. She also missed weight by quite a bit. Oh, Aldana missed weight. Um, but, yeah. Okay. And so she hasn't fought since, uh, it's, oh, it's been in, okay, it was, it was in June, no, July of last year. So it's coming up in a year soon. So um, yeah, let's, let's see what's going on with her. Her Hopefully, fight with yeah. GDR, like, in my the fight she was, the fight she was supposed to have at two sixty eight with GDR would have like 
been such a logical number one contender spot. It's a shame that one fell through and and sent the sent the bantamweight divisions back spiraling into just like uncertainty because you know, that messed that up both different. divisions just like her it kinda, yeah. going in and out it's just yeah, yeah. just kind of did weird for sure um, yeah right. i like the fight though yeah I, I love this fight i love this fight i think i think it's it's i think i think this fight needs to be on a pay-per-view main card not don't don't or maybe a main event or maybe a main event for a fight night, but it needs to be some sort of featured fight that a lot of people are going to see that people know has lots of value to it. Not don't just throw it on a random card. On I, thought you, I thought you. I thought you were going to say it has to be on a helipad in Dubai. Yeah, well, that, I'm like, that's where that's all every fight. That's every fight. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Maybe we could uh, do the uh, the hockey wars fight. Have yes. you seen that? Have you seen <laughs> the, the clips, clips of that fight? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Michelle Pena has 39 pro fights, only 28. Guy's a machine. Guy fights yeah, I don't. Time. That sounds crazy. Like, I just like, yeah, a lot of people are like, he's not 28, or like, I don't know. Um, what else we got here? Uh, he's got like, he's got like Carlos Condit pacing right now. Yeah. <laughs> with his career. Oh, here's a good question from Mr. Boza. Joseph Boza, should we take Michel Pajeda seriously at welterweight? Now he's won five in a row, plus he fits at welterweight more than he did at lightweight. lightweight. Um, I'm not sure wait, what that means. He- he fought I, I at lightweight. When did he fight at lightweight? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, I, I, think, I think he means middleweight. Yeah, I think. Just, I'll, okay. I'll say just both. He definitely well, has not fought at lightweight. We can just ignore that last part. It's, yeah, yeah let's let's, let's, let's end it at five in a row. Should, <laughs> yeah. should we take him seriously? Should, should we take him seriously at welterweight? AK. Yeah, no, you have to. You have to. But the the, the matchmaking with him has been really good. They, they've given him. Once I think they figured out that he's not like you know. Look, they they tried to um, what was it? The Nico Price fight and uh, Chaos Williams. Back to back, I think they were kind of hoping they're like, oh man, like there's still that crazy Michelle Pajeda in there. We're gonna get these wild. I mean, you throw him in there with Nico Price, it'd be insane. And again, these fights were okay, but you did get sort of the more kinder, gentler, more mature uh, Michelle Pajeda that we've seen. The one who's focusing on winning fights, you know, not not taking crazy risks and not completely blowing his gas tank, doing flips and jumping off the cage and things like that. And uh, and I think now they realize that they said, oh, he's like a serious. Who is he supposed to fight instead of Fialio? He he was. Was that always the original matchup? Oh, Muslim Salikov, and then and then he and then uh, right, that's right. right. Muslim Salikov, which also would have won both a fun fight and a guy who I think was higher than him in the rankings. So I think that was a logical matchup. Then he ended up fighting Fialio instead, which was fine, great fight. And then now they said, okay, uh, let's really see if we have a contender here. There you go, Santiago Ponzinibbio, longtime veteran, a guy who's been in the top ten before. Um, so yeah, he should be taken very very seriously. I think he has a style that's really competitive. I think even with some of the best guys in the division, I'm not saying he's going to you know beat Kamar Usman tomorrow or anything, but you give him you give him two you know a couple more top fifteen top ten guys, and let's really see what we have here. Because we talked about he's got that mixture. Yes, he's got the great style. He's got athleticism. He's got size. He's got speed. He's so fast for a guy. For a guy who's fast, uh, bigger than most of the welterweights, this guy is super fast. Um, he's got experience. We said for a guy who is allegedly only 28 years old, has, a, <laughs> has, has almost 40 pro bouts. Like that's what you want. I wish the UFC signed more of these guys who were like, you know, so, so, so experienced um, and whatever. Maybe they don't have crazy like, you know, 20 and one records, but have like 22 and seven, 22. Because these are experienced guys who when you put them on the big stage, you never know. They're going to put it all together and you get you actually find yourself with a contender. So I think that's where, where Demolador is right now. And uh, I hope the matchmakers – Again, don't push him up too fast. I know he. I think the Masvidal match would be perfect. Mike, we've called for that before. I think he's called for it before, and we've been like, yeah, he should fight. He should fight Masvidal. So I'd love to see that fight. I don't know if it happens. Wonder Boy, another option. I think either of those logical next steps for him. Uh, yeah, that's the, the answer. The Wonder, Wonder Boy one makes total sense. Uh, that's that's a, the fight. Yeah, that's a that's the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is exactly <laughs> the fight. <laughs> Me and Mike, were, yeah. Wonder Boy. <laughs> like, no. No. Wonder, Wonder Boy, Boy, maybe. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. 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 That's the I one. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see Wonder Boy really having any issue of that fight either. Um, it seems to fight that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to fight July 30th. It looks like he wanted the Dustin Poirier fight, which would have been just fun for fun's sake, but no real stakes there. But yeah, this I mean, it's kind of where Wonder Boy is right now. You know, he's yeah. lost two in a row and got kind of dominating both of those fights with On grapplers this one yeah, grapplers yeah. yeah this one he's gonna stand and just fight a guy who's gonna and wonder boy is a pretty decent sized welterweight as well he mm-hmm. usually walks around near right around 200 pounds so yeah i think it's a good fight i know the ufc won't allow it but this is one of those fights that both fighters should agree that let's just fight this at middleweight 
you know, like, let's just train hard, get lots of get lots of fluid in our brain so we can just punch each other as much as we can. Um, there's no reason. F- I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Michelle Pereira is ever gonna fight for a title, but I think he is a legitimate top 15 guy now. Um, according to UFC's rankings, not the real rankings that matter. I don't know if he breaks into the real rankings yet, but for the UFC rankings wise, um, yeah, it's a perfect fight, and um, yeah, I hope I hope it happens. And yeah, and there's no reason for those guys to cut all that weight. Just fight a 185. Let's give this guy a chance to make a run. You know, yeah. let's give him a chance to make a run. Worst thing oh, yeah, that can happen but, but is that Michelle Pereira deserves the opportunity. The- yeah, he deserves yeah. opportunity for sure. He's earned. Worst case scenario, he loses a fight and then he goes back to just like fun, crazy fights. So it's doesn't doesn't hurt either way. Let's see what and he's this, got. Let him let him go and see how far he can take this thing. And Pereira versus Wonder Boy is a fun, crazy fight that actually has uh, relevance to the division too. So for sure, win, win, win. Uh, do, do, do. Oh, yeah, here we go. Thoughts on Chidi and Jokowani after his win against Todorovic looks to be a problem in this middleweight division. Chidi's the real deal, Casey, is he not? This guy is just super fun. He probably sh- This is a guy who, when I found out he was fighting on the Contender Series, I was like, what? Why is this guy fighting on the Contender Series? This makes no sense at all. He should just be in the UFC. He should have been in the UFC like three years ago. It was just, I mean, a cool, like, cool moment. Like, we put him on the contender series. Like, he's like, if he, the fact that he's on the if you don't know, now you knows with Dana White is just blasphemous to me. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who this guy is. Everybody knows. Everybody who's a fan of the sport, who's like on the fence, like in the middle between casual and hardcore, knows who Cheedy was before the contender series, before all of this. Now look at him. He's got two big wins, two big knockouts. He's cashing checks like crazy. What do you think? Real deal? Problem in this middleweight division? Is this guy who can actually make a title, like a title run at 185, Casey? I'm not going to go title run, and but I will say he is the real deal, though. He is a very exciting fighter. He's a fighter that UFC wants. He's a fighter that I I do not understand why Bellator got rid of him. I understand Chidi. I, I was joking online, uh, like, uh, oh, look at this Bellator washout. He lost. He lost to the top guys in Bellator. So, but he's not a watcher. He's clearly a, a quality professional fighter. And yeah, as long as he stays healthy, um, he should. I hope to. I hope to see him four times a year on every on, on UFC cards. He's an exciting fighter, and win or lose, um, you're gonna see an exciting fight. And I think that's that's what the UFC wants. That's what the fans want. And um, he has that it factor. And when he wins, I get to hear his smooth voice, and that's all I want. Yeah, aka your oh, thoughts the, on TV. Yeah. Oh, real quick, that freaking elbow! Oh my god, just beautiful, just beautiful, and so. You know, I, I don't want to. You don't. I don't. I don't think you need to train MMA to understand how much that must have hurt. <laughs> you know, it's like just to get that force on the right here in the temple it was just, and the way Chidi uh, grabbed Dusko's head and just like, Chef's kiss. Sorry, it was just. Great. I'm, uh, enjoy the 50K, sir. <laughs> AK, do you approve of the of the way Chidi mixes the martial arts? Uh, I don't know if I go that far. Uh, as we all know, uh, mixing. You know, that's why I enjoyed watching the boxing earlier today. I I tweeted earlier. I was like, man, it's if only Anderson Silva had stopped mixing the martial arts earlier in his career. You know, where where would he really be? How much greater? How much greater would he would he be? You know, uh, no. But uh, Chidi, yeah. Look, uh, to look at the question, he is the real deal. I mean, he's so same thing I said with Michelle Pajeda. When when I was talking about Michelle Pajeda, um, this thing about like signing veterans, signing people with experience, like this. I was also thinking about Chidi and Jokowani. Like I know you, you'll look at like oh a guy who used to fight for Bellator and like um and he's thirty three years old. Like what what does he bring to the UFC? Like the UFC needs to sign more just good fighters. You know what I mean? Like. W- there's a reason we in the media sometimes complain about too much like contender series signings and now whoever that God help us, whoever's going to bring up this 30th season of the Ultimate Fighter. I, I, I look, I, it's great. I love people getting the opportunity. That's fine. I, but Mike, like you said, guys like Cheetah and Jaquani should not even force to be to go through the contender series. If he's on a contender series contract, that is absurd. I mean, this guy again is he's experienced. He's well rounded. Like he, 
these are these are guys you should be promoting more. I'm glad they put him on the main card. I think they do kind of know what they have with him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's got a couple of performance bonuses, so at least we know he's got an extra 100 Gs, you know, in the in the pocket. That's great. These all make for a good story. But I want to see UFC sign more of these guys. Um, I, I I know they love to push, uh, and this guy was great tonight. Like the Chase Hoopers guys that like, oh, we discovered, you know, we discovered someone, we discovered someone in their 20s, 21, 22. We're gonna make them into a star, and that's cool when that works out. Like one out of 20 times. Other times, there's a lot of good fighters out there, and and I, I wish they would bring them in and give older guys more chances. And because 33, I get it. I know it's we're saying, oh well, how much fights does Cheating going to have left? Can he really be a contender? It's like who cares? You know, you're going to get quality fights out of him. As like Casey said, if he gives you three or four fights a year, you get you're, you're you're giving your fans a quality product, and shouldn't that matter too? So, yeah, uh, hey, he strings together some wins, gets a you know top a number one contender's belt. I wouldn't be surprised, but that's secondary to just having a nice quality guy on the roster. You can throw in there with top ten guys. You can throw him in there with up and comers, and you're going to get a good fight. Yes. Three nine. <laughs> yeah. After tonight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent comment, right there. That was you gotta nasty. worry about the safety of the fighter. Fire safety first. Those things are Holy three to nine. No, no, no. That's too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do like. You know, you you want you want to do four to ten or something like that. It's okay, but three to nine. That's where we draw the line. Uh, we'll take like one or two more. What we got here? What we got? Uh, uh, just a uh, just a comment we kind of mentioned earlier, real quick. Almeida, the new Hamzat like fighter. Dude's real good. Dude's real good. Yeah, we have. A, what was the last time we had a a, a light heavyweight kind of Hamzat? Has there been one for a while outside of John oh, like Jones? A, a grappling Gary? Yeah, I don't know. I think mean like grappling. Gary like grappling that. Well, well, no, not grappling wise. Just, uh, you know, just oh. the bo- a new boogeyman kind of coming out of nowhere, you know, kind of. Oh, Johnny yeah. Walker through his first two fights. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess this, Johnny Walker. Yeah. This guy could fight. John, this guy might be able to beat John Jones. <laughs> yeah. It was Yuri. And then Yuri came in and like immediately oh, yeah. set the world on fire. Yeah. And. Yes, I think you probably put Volkan Ozdemir in there too before he fought oh, for the title. Oh yeah, against DC. People forget he, he was knocking that guys dude. Out in second. He was putting guys away in no seconds. time. Oh yeah, Vol- <laughs> yeah no Volkan. Time. Yeah, you're right, Volkan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Volkan was a good one. You're right. So but yeah, he's Almeida's real good. Almeida, I think Almeida's ceiling is higher than a, a lot of those guys. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm, I'm very curious about him. Yeah. Is he? Uh, where does he train? Is he, he, he trains in Brazil, right? He's, he's, he lives and trains in Brazil. Yeah. Okay. I gotta talk. We gotta, yeah, gotta gotta talk to Jeremy. I gotta get more information about this young man. He looks scary. He beat up my favorite fighter, Parker Porter. What a jerk! Parker so Porter. Parker <laughs> Porter. Parker could have kept going too. He just needed twenty-five seconds. Yeah. Just needed twenty-five more seconds. That guy was ready to gas. Almeida was the one who was really in trouble. Thank God he got that choke and got <laughs> yeah. out of there. Uh, you know but what? then Almeida, but then like Almeida got up and celebrated, and he wasn't even like breathing heavy. I'm like, oh, maybe I was, maybe I read this totally wrong. <laughs> he looked pretty good. At, he looked pretty good at heavyweight. I'm not gonna lie. What, what was the original fight? Was that that wasn't originally a heavyweight? It was fight, right? uh, him versus Max, Max Grishin. Grishin. Yeah. light heavyweight, a two hundred five heavyweight. Yeah, okay. But like, right. who wants to fight that friggin' guy on short notice? Of course, yeah. Pacquiao steps up. He wants to go. Yeah, he rules. He saw what we saw, Mike. I'm telling you. He saw what we saw. He's like, man, if I can, I know it's going to be a tough first round, but if I can get out of it. Yep. Good for you. That's Good right. for you, Parker Porter. Good for you for taking that Good fight. You. Yep. Uh, no stock. He still gets the Arlovsky fight in my eyes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He deserves oh, kudos. Yeah, actually, and, and, a new, and a new contract for taking this fight. Yeah. More money. I mean, come on. Paka really won tonight. This is a, a good comparison. When um, when Sergonov came yeah. on the scene, yeah, he looked scary. Oh, uh, the broken jaw. Remember when he broke Alex Nicholson's jaw with a freaking neck crank? That hands. was insane, yeah, dude. Grabbing. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that was nuts. That was nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're good, gentlemen. Sounds good to me. AK, we're great. get some rest, my best friend. See you tomorrow morning. Well, well, well we can. Uh, it's everything you want, won the poll, by the way. Summer in Abu Dhabi. It's everything you want and so much more than you'd expect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so listen, everybody, join us for on to the next one. Join us for our regular programming next week. It was a good card. Solid B minus, I would say. I think yeah. that's a pretty fair sure. grade. Yeah. And no UFC event next weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. What? It's also next on Friday's 10th wedding anniversary for this guy and, and the lovely wife. Ooh. So how about that? 
Yeah. Wow. Very happy. Very excited. We on, my, on my birthday? <laughs> the same birthday, day? Is 27th? No, it's wow. not. Wow. It's never my birthday. It's never my birthday. <laughs> you calling Nagasi a liar? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Apologies to Nagasi. Jeez. All caps, three exclamation points, bro. All right, we're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow if we're on to the next one. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful rest of the night, everybody. And hashtag summer in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Helipad fights. Yes. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.